Before you start to think that I have changed my tune on all things fitness and wellness when I talk about small is beautiful, I am not talking about a smaller body here. Instead, today is about how we can make everything smaller to get the things we want for ourselves when it comes to fitness and wellness. It is something that I fully encourage all of my clients and members to do because it can really help to take away the overwhelm and give us a really doable and more importantly, sustainable action plan. We're going to get right into this today and give you some really practical tips on how you can make everything smaller in order to make sure that you can finally start hitting some of those fitness and wellness goals that you've got for yourself. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Hey, 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 peeps. Welcome back to another episode and another amazing tip on how you can make those fitness and wellness goals actually happen for you. Now, in my experience, a lot of us go round and round and round in circles, especially when it comes to our fitness and wellness. And you know what? It's not because we don't have the willpower or the time or the ability or the right plan. Often it's because we get a bit overwhelmed with it. And I spoke about this last week because last week I was talking about this idea of safety and having to feel safe in things and having to calm or prime our nervous system to allow us to make change. So last week's episode makes a really good sort of companion episode to this because it really talks about the stuff that comes before this, the way that we need to just calm our nervous system. We need to work with our nervous system to make sure that it's in the right place to allow us to change. And you know, like I say, this kind of goes hand in hand because we're talking about feeling overwhelmed this week and how we can prevent that to make sure that we get stuff done. And when we feel overwhelmed, we can feel unsafe. So this is like, how do I reduce the overwhelm and how do I make things small enough that it feels safe, that it feels doable, that it feels really, really good? to us. And that's really what I'm going to be talking about this week. And it's something that I talk about in my programs a lot. So let's take an example. So my Power Up Your Perimenopause course is 12 weeks long. And I think it's really important to give it a bit of structure. Some people like structure. They they like to know that this is what I'm doing this week and I'm going to get on it and I'm going to do it. And I think so it's important to have that because I think that it gives you a structure in terms of how you complete the course, what you do, what order you do things in and that kind of thing. However, I'm always really, really crystal clear with my members from the start that they absolutely do not have to complete the thing in 12 weeks. If they want to do it over 15 or 20 weeks, whatever, it's totally fine. And you know what? The women I've watched go through the course at a slower pace have still got amazing life-changing results. And I think that if that wasn't really crystal clear from the start, then a lot of those people would feel that it had to be completed in 12 weeks and they had to do all the things. And then they might get a bit overwhelmed and frustrated if they had a week or two off, for example, 
And obviously lots of people have had that recently because of, you know, all the COVID doing the rounds and, you know, they've had two or three weeks out, you know, in having COVID and recovering from COVID and getting back to a place that they kind of feel the energy coming back. And, you know, I think that if they had that feeling of, I've got to complete it in 12 weeks, then it might not end up getting done because I think that we can get really overwhelmed by that sometimes, depending on where we are in our lives. So by giving my members the option by allowing them to make the decision that's right for them about how they complete the course. It's meant that everybody has like really kept up the momentum and seen it through. So that's been a really important part of that. And I've definitely, you know, because I've encouraged people to do that, I think that I've definitely seen that level of like continued work, continued momentum in a way that maybe I might not have in previous times, you know, if I've done much more structured courses where like, for example, we meet up every week, sometimes people go off the rails a little bit because it starts to feel a bit too much. And so they don't do anything. Whereas, you know, with this course and the way that I do design a lot of my courses and and programs inside the membership as well, it's like, yes, there is structure. Yes, I'm saying here's a six-week course for you, but that doesn't mean you have to do it in six weeks. You do it in the way that works for you. It's got to feel good to you because otherwise you won't do it. And this is the thing, all too often we make the thing that we want to do really, really, really big. And all we need is a bit of permission, a bit of support to be able to make it smaller, but to know that we're still going to get the result. Because I think that's the other thing, isn't it? Like, I think people, you know, we sometimes do ourselves a disservice by going, well, if I can't do it in the 12 weeks, then what's the point? I'm not going to get a result. But like I say, as I've seen from a lot of the women that have done this course, they've maybe spent 15, 16 weeks on it, maybe even more they've still got an amazing result. They've still got to the end of it and said to me, I loved that and I feel great and so much has changed and I've got so many tools that I can take forward into my life as well. So it doesn't have to be that you do all the things. You know, we are allowed, we can give ourselves permission to make it a little bit smaller. Now, the reason I kind of decided to do this episode was because I was recently chatting to somebody actually who wanted to improve their fitness and wellness for the perimenopause. Now, she kind of knew what she needed to do. She knew that if she could get a handle on a few areas within her own life that she could improve her symptoms, but she was putting it off. You know, the excuses were coming in about how it would be easier when they'd moved house, when they had more space, that it would be better if she could go out of the house to a class, that it was coming up to summer and maybe it'd be better left until after the summer when the kids were all back at school. But at the same time, she also knew that she needed to just start taking action and stop procrastinating because the excuses were definitely not going to get her where she needed to be. And I think she was also very aware that later on down the road, she'd find a different excuse and a different one and a different one. And she was worried that she would just never get started, never feel the way that she wanted to feel. And this is the thing, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you as a perfectly intelligent, perfectly self-aware person. You know, all the people that come to me in my membership and into my perimenopause course, they all know roughly what they should be doing. But when they arrive, it doesn't mean they know how to do it. And that's the part of the puzzle that I will help them to fill in. Okay. And I will help them to break it down because I think sometimes it feels so, 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 so big. And I'm going to help them to break it down and to break it down until it feels good, until it feels doable, until it feels manageable, until it feels kind of feels safe to do it. And, you know, as I'm sitting here talking about this, you're probably all nodding along because you've probably been there, right? We've all been there. Uh, Maybe you're right there in the middle of that at the moment where you're going round and round and round in circles and you're saying to yourself, I need to do this thing. 
but I can't seem to stop procrastinating. I can't seem to just do it. And it just feels too much. It feels too big. I'll do it when I've got more time. I'll do it when I've got more space. I'll do it later. It's always later, right? So you're probably identifying really hard right now. Um, so hopefully what I'm going to tell you next is going to really help you with that. So anyway, we got chatting about what she wanted. Okay. What, what were the goals? What did she want? What did she think was going to help her? And it became very clear that she knew exactly what she needed to do. She needs to add regular exercise, which she wasn't doing at that point at all. She needs to improve her nutrition and she needs to find a bit of time and space for herself because she was currently not doing anything to address her stress levels. And she also knew that that was going to be really, really important. So basically the key pillars of fitness and wellness, right? All the things that I work with my clients on exercise, nutrition, self-care and stress reduction. Okay, so the key pillars. But of course, there was a huge problem with all of that. And it was the reason that she was procrastinating, that nothing was getting started. And it was this, it was just way too big. You know, if I was to turn around to you right now and say, right, that's it, you need to exercise regularly, even though you're not doing it at the moment, you need to improve your nutrition. And I'd really like you to find some time to de stress. You'd probably feel pretty overwhelmed at the moment you know, and where do you start with something like that? Where do you start? The answer is you don't. You stay stuck. Um, you don't move forward. So of course, the key is to start making things smaller and, and make them smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until they feel really, really good. And I've actually got a brilliant free challenge coming up for you this September where we're going to be doing exactly this. It's especially for you if you're from your early 40s onwards and are entering or well into that perimenopause phase. And we're going to be working on the key pillars of perimenopause fitness and wellness. And importantly, I'm going to be helping you to break it all into small manageable pieces so you can actually start to take action. I'm going to tell you a bit more about that at the end of the podcast because I want to get on with this and you can find the link in the show notes, but I will come back and tell you a little bit more. But here's how I suggested to her to make things smaller or some of the questions that I started asking. So first of all, I was asking things like, you know, what's stopping you from exercising regularly? What's the roadblock there? Why is it not happening? I also asked her what areas of nutrition did she think needed improving the most? So what's going to make the most impact? And sometimes we, you know, we want to think about starting there. So not necessarily what you think you should be doing, but what you think is going to make the biggest impact to you right now, but also is going to be the simplest thing for you to do. I was also asking questions like, what time have you got? What time could you make available for self-care realistically? Because, you know, we often try and cram that in, don't we? We're like, oh, well, you know, I'll just put it in here or I'll just do it before work or I'll just do it when I get back from work, whatever it is. And of course, it doesn't happen because we've not actually cleared the space. We've just tried to cram it in between everything else. So what time can you make available for things like self-care, for things like exercise, for things like planning your nutrition, planning your menu, that kind of thing? What time do you have available for focusing on all of those things? And if you feel like you do not have the time, if you're sitting there going, well, actually, if I think about it, I don't really feel like I've got the time. How can you start to create that time? What other things do you need to do to prioritize your well-being? Because like I say, often we try and cram it in, we cram it in in between all of the other things that we've got going on. And we don't think about, well, 
okay, let me take a step back here and let me actually think about how I can clear that space, how I can create that space for myself. And sometimes that is the first step that we need to take. So those are all the questions that you need to be asking yourself. So what's stopping you at the moment? What is stopping you from exercising regularly? What is stopping you from tackling your nutrition? What is stopping you from, you know, doing any kind of self-care? Is it because you keep telling yourself you've not got time? Is it because you don't know where to start? Is it because you are telling yourself stories about how horrible it's going to feel to exercise? <laughs> like, what, what is it? What's stopping you? You need to know what's stopping you before you can get through that roadblock. Okay. You can't just like trample over it. You're going to have to negotiate with it a little bit. What areas do you think need improving the most? So what areas of your, your nutrition, your exercise, and what's going to make the most impact on you in the maybe in the smallest amount of time or in the simplest ways. Um, what time do you actually have available and what time can you make available? And do you need to start looking at how you create that for yourself rather than trying to cram it into everything else? So start asking yourself those kind of questions. And then once you've got the answers to that, you can start to narrow it down depending on the answers you know, so like I just said, if you haven't got time right now, that's going to be a big problem across all of these areas. So what can you work on there to create time first before you actually even think about moving on to adding the exercise and, and everything else? You know, if you don't know where to start with your with regular exercise, then the first thing to do is think about what research you can do. Do you need to find yourself a, a personal trainer? Do you need to find an online program that's going to keep you on track and accountable? You know, maybe that's your first step, not just I need to exercise, say to yourself, well, actually, what I need to do first is I need to find myself some structure for this uh, and start doing that. You know, with nutrition, is there just one area you can focus on for now? And what is the simplest thing that you could do? Could it be looking at your sugar intake? Could it be adding some protein? Could it be finding ways to reduce picking and snacking throughout the day? You know, one of the things that I will often encourage my clients to do is start with breakfast. You know, it's such an important meal of the day because it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the day. And if you can make, you know, good decisions there, if you can make helpful decisions there, then it can have a knock-on effect to everything else. But even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you've made a really, really, really good choice with your breakfast already. So it can be really, a really simple way to do things is to start with that one thing, that one meal, that one area you know, what feels reasonable and doable for you with the self-care? So for example, if 10 minutes a day feels too much, so we might say to ourselves, right, I need to meditate for 10 minutes every day. That's what they say. I need to meditate for 10 minutes every day. But you're like, it's just not going to happen right now. It's just not going to happen. Then maybe we need to be starting with, well, look, I'll do 30 minutes at the weekend to start with, or I'll do three minutes a day or two minutes a day or one minute a day. Like literally, Make it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it feels really, really, really good. Okay. And, you know, once you've chosen that thing, ask yourself, does it feel good? Does it feel doable? Does it feel practical? If yes, fantastic. If no, then make it smaller still. You can keep making it smaller. You can keep reducing it down. So anyway, I'm going to go back to the lady that I was uh, talking about earlier on. And like I say, she had lots of big things that she wanted to do. Start exercising. Didn't really know where to start though. Needed to start improving her nutrition. Again, didn't really know what to start with and needed to make some time for herself so that she could work on her stress. So we reduced it right down to the first thing was research an online fitness program and sign up. 
She signed up to the members club, by the way, because <laughs> obviously I told her about all the amazing benefits of doing that. So that was the thing that she signed up to. But, you know, that was her first task. And she was procrastinating on it because she was like, I just need to start exercising. But she didn't really know what she was going to do or how she was going to do it or where the structure was or you know, anything like that. So I'm like, well, you need the structure first, right? So before you even think about that being your goal, your first goal is find a program find a program. So that was the first thing. The second thing was focusing on adding protein to breakfast. So like I said before, with quite a lot of my clients, I will get them to just start with breakfast. Just start at the start of the day and then move on from there. And one of the things that we often miss at breakfast time is protein. And protein is really, really, really important for lots and lots of different reasons. You know, it's one of the very first things that I work on in my perimenopause course, for example, because a lot of us are not taking in enough protein. We have carby breakfasts that set us up for that kind of sugar rush all day long. So we need to add protein in. And also protein is really, really important for building muscle. So if you're exercising more, it's going to help to support your exercise program. And it's going to help you to build muscle. And believe me when I say that building muscle is really, really, really important. Okay. We all need to do it. And particularly once we get into that perimenopause phase. So because this lady was in the perimenopause phase, I was really especially keen to get her to do that. And then the third thing was to create 10 minute slots per week to meditate. Okay. So as you can see, like where we started was I need to start exercising regularly. I need to improve my nutrition and I need to find some time for myself feels very woolly, feels very overwhelming, feels very big, especially when you don't know where to start. And we whittled it down to research an online fitness program and get signed up, add protein to your breakfast every day and create two 10-minute slots per week to meditate. And you can probably see that that suddenly is like, <sighs> sigh of relief, right? It's like, oh my God, thank God, that feels doable. So you've still got all of those like overarching themes. We've chosen one thing in each sort of category but it feels so much more doable. And if you need to make it that you work on just one of those things, then do that. You don't need to do three things. You could do one thing. You could just do the protein at breakfast. Just do that for now and then add on to it. And this is always, always how I work with my members and clients. We make it feel great by making it smaller. You know, it's why power up your perimenopause works so well, because I'm passionate about making it work for the individual, not just giving everybody the same formula and expecting them to do it in the same amount of time and to do it in the same way. It's all about giving the structure, but then letting that person make it work for themselves. Okay. And it's really important that we do that. There is no one size fits all. We all have to make it work for ourselves. And the thing is, then once you've done that, you can start to move on to the next thing. So you can still have the bigger picture in mind. You can still be saying to yourself, well, ideally what I want to be doing is meditating every day. And ideally what I want to be doing is working out four times a week. Great. But don't start there because it's going to overwhelm you. Move towards that and move towards it in small steps. You know, so for example, once you've signed up to that fitness program, then you promise yourself that you will work out once a week. And that's kind of all you're going to do. You make that promise to yourself. I'm going to work out once a week. Is it going to get me where I want to in a few short weeks? No. But is it going to start taking me on that road and start, you know, creating those steps for me? Absolutely. Yes. So once you've done the one thing, then you can move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you just go through that process over and over again. Honestly, we all try and do too much at once. We always think way too big and then end up so overwhelmed by all those actions that we don't do anything at all. 
you know, it becomes something that we'll do when we've got the time, which we never do. We're never going to find that time. It's never going to jump out at us. And often, even when we have the time, we fill it with something else because the thought of tackling something so big just feels too much. We just don't know where to start. And this is what I was talking about at the start was that, you know, this, this lady I was talking to was like, I'm procrastinating and I know I'm making excuses and I know that I just need to get on with the thing. And I'm also worried that if I, you know, I will make these excuses now, but I will eventually, those excuses will go and I'll find new excuses. I'll find another reason for not doing it because it feels like it's too much. So the time may come, but you'll fill it with something else, believe me, unless you have a plan that feels good and that works and that feels really, really manageable. Now, this is one of the things that I think about a lot when I'm creating my online programs. And like I said earlier, I'm going to be encouraging you to do exactly this in the Fatigue to Fabulous Challenge because I know the smaller, the better. Now, over the course of five days, we're going to be creating your very own personal Fatigued to Fabulous formula, which is all about helping you to build your energy and confidence through the perimenopause and to feel awesome. Now, we're going to talk about what the perimenopause is, the symptoms to be looking out for, and then we're going to move on to some mini daily challenges based on the three key pillars for a fit, healthy, happy perimenopause. And by the end of the week, you're going to have your very own formula for success. I can't wait to get started. We're going to kick off on Sunday, the 18th of September. So get yourself registered now to make sure you don't miss out. Just head to the link in the show notes to get yourself signed up. So that's almost wraps us up for another week. Um, but how does this land with you? This is actually, like I said at the start, a great follow-on from last week's episode about safety. So you could listen to both of these together. And I think that they will give you a really good grounding for how you can make change and how you can actually take action, how you can start to take action, you know, because we're talking about how we can make it feel safe and good for your brain to take the action and to reduce the overwhelm. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I definitely recommend that you do that because it's really going to make sense with all of this. And how are you going to make those things smaller? Are there some goals that you have that just are not happening right now because you just don't know where to start? Um, because if there is, then now is a really great time to start breaking that down, seeing how you can make it small enough to finally be doable and to make that start. Because I promise once you do start, then you get that momentum going and the next steps begin to reveal themselves. I promise. So good luck. Let me know what you're working on. I'd love to hear from you. But for now, have the most amazing week and I'm going to see you all back here again next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.